welcome back to the final topic of the Pocket of Wisdom podcast for 2021. I'm your host, Debra, and if you didn't already know, Pocket of Wisdom is a podcast where I invite God-loving people from different walks of life to share their wisdom, story, or topic of expertise. And today, we are going to unpack the topic entitled Navigating Quarter-Life Struggles or Crisis. And joining me today is a special guest who shares the same name with me. <laughs> so, yeah. So I first met uh, Dara Chan at a Revel Conference 2021 and I was really inspired by uh, Deborah and Terence's story and the models that they introduced to bring change in community. And so after that conference, as I quote-unquote stalk them professionally um, on their website and their blog, um, I was really inspired by how courageous they are to go through um, different transitions in life as young as they were. And when I got to read uh, Deborah's book, I got to learn about how she found her calling at a young age uh, through mission trips and uh, when she was younger which also led her to eventually uh, quit her corporate job as well. So to, just to give everyone a little more context, uh, back in 2014, uh, Deborah took a huge leap of faith. She left the corporate world and uprooted her family to rural Cambodia, where she spent two years building uh, literacy centers, training teachers and local leaders. And she also kick-started a program entitled STORM, and today, Deborah is also the co-founder of Wiki Impact, an online platform dedicated to the impact industry. She is the author of Live to Less, a heart-gripping memoir that inspires others to step up and step out to make a difference. And she's also the host of a podcast entitled Here to Last. And Deborah today is married to her teenhood sweetheart, Terence, and together they are parents to Seth and Enya. So thank you so much, Deborah, uh, for joining me today, for availing your time to be here on this podcast. So could you tell us a little bit more about yourself, like how you're doing recently, or even a fun fact that you like to share? Right. Oh my gosh, that is a mouthful. What a, what a generous introduction that was that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's amazing as even as you are doing that, you know, um, Kind of introducing uh, what I do and a little bit about my life as well. I'm just reminded of God's faithfulness in my life. Mm. Um, so a quick recap, um, outside of work, you know, I married uh, my really my best friend, uh, Terrence, and we have two kids, Seth, who is eight years old, and Enya, who is now five years old, and they are really just the uh, energy and uh, enthusiasm and the crazy in our lives, Aww, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, I mean, if you ask me, like, you know, um, introduce myself and how am I doing? Um, I think all four of us have really not just survived the pandemic um, as we're coming out of it. Like on hindsight now, I don't think we've just survived the pandemic. I really feel, and I say this humbly, I feel like we have thrived in the pandemic. Wow, that's uh, amazing to hear. Most, yeah, we've just made the most out of uh, 
just having time together as a family. Uh, we've created various kind of new habits around the family where we have board games night and we have movie nice. nights. So we'll drag the mattresses over to our room and then, you know, on Fridays and then we'll watch a movie until late and they can stay up as long as they want. Um, we've enjoyed kind of uh, outdoor activities as well uh, amidst the pandemic because obviously, number one, we're not shopping people. So uh, right. we don't go, yeah, we don't go to shopping malls uh, or rather like, you know, if there's no reason to, to go into shopping malls. And so we've just kind of taken advantage of the fact that like all these high infectious uh, places uh, were, were not our thing anyways. And so we've taken the time during the pandemic to do more outdoor activities. We've done a bit of camping, a lot of hikes and just really, like I said, enjoyed our family time together. Uh, quick fun fact. Um, let's see. A quick fun fact would be that I have, um, I've stepped out of a flying plane at uh, 22,000 feet. And that is so cool. Out of it. Yeah, yeah. And it was during um, our honeymoon. Uh, quite a crazy thing to do right after you, uh, you know, Get married. I got married to my best friend. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's the kind of like relationship or marriage that we have. I think it's adventurous. It's fun. It's great. And uh, that's also, I think, maybe uh, the thing that makes uh, everything work, right? Because because uh, mm -hmm. Terence and I, um, we share uh, several business businesses together. Uh, we do ministry together and we do life together. And I count it such a privilege to, to have that gift of uh, marriage as well as relationships and family. Wow, that is amazing. It's so nice to hear that um, you you and your partner really have an active lifestyle together and you're really intentional about everything you do together, whether it's your family life, how you develop habits, or even uh, how you do business together, or even your how you have fun together, how you make time for one another. And that's really amazing to hear. So thank you, Deb, uh, for giving us more insight uh, into your life. And without further ado, let's unpack part one of navigating quarter life crisis, um, which I would like to call passion versus purpose. So for those of you who participated in my survey, thank you so much. Together with Deborah, you're the reason why this podcast is made possible. And, you know, let's get into it right now. Uh, quarter life crisis, uh, as what people term it, is a period where people go through uncertainty, questioning, or even intense soul searching uh, during their mid 20s or even early 30s. And you know, Deborah, um, one of the many reasons why I love your book is because aside from your adventurous um, stories, you have given the readers many practical life advice to live a life of legacy at different areas and stages of our lives. And also, um, in your recent episode of the Here to Last podcast, you shared a too powerful perspective to find meaning at work. And this really got me noticing that there are many people who are confused over the concept of a job, um, a calling, or a passion and purpose. So I was wondering, what's your take on it and how would you classify it? Yeah, I think, you know, this question of what is my purpose in life uh, constantly 
constantly just, you know, uh, surfaces um, at different stages in our life, right? And I think it's a, it's a very important question to ask, not just uh, in your late 20s or early 30s, but I think it's a question to be asked uh, as young as uh, as young as when you're growing up, you know, as a mm. teen, right, to start unpacking some of those, uh, some of those deep questions, and you may not have all the answers at one go. Um, and I would say this, like, you know, uh, if I could just start with this, that finding your purpose in life is not a destination. Um, mm. and neither is it rocket science, right? So people make it so, uh, in a sense, quote unquote, complex, where you know uh, only certain people have found their purpose in life and they're walking in their purpose in life. But really, it's it, there's no rocket science. Neither is there like a fixed formula to it. What uh, what it really is is that when you find your purpose, there is a uh, resonant click, right, with your both your unique giftings uh, and your interests, your passions, as well as your values in life. When all of that come together, you will know deep down within that, you know, you have arrived at uh, something called purpose, but you don't just arrive. So it's not just a destination. It's almost like arriving, but then like, let's grow in it. Right. So the challenge to all of it, all of us is to not just arrive or to reach our purpose in life, but to keep our eyes open so that we are constantly growing in our purpose in life and always constantly also like transitioning and changing. Right. So your purpose may change over time, depending on the different seasons in your life. Um, mm. I'll give you an example. Like I uh, at first I was a single. And then I got married, right? So my purpose as a single is also very different, right? I was called to reach out to my peers maybe, right? Or I, was, I, I felt that I was more drawn to my peers. Um, and then as, uh, as a married couple, right? I felt like my life purpose, at least for the first few years of marriage was to really devote myself and to make sure that I was growing and strengthening my marriage, right? Apart from everything else, apart from work and ministry and everything else, I felt like, you know, my purpose in that season was really to serve and to grow, uh, serve my husband, as well as to grow together with my husband so that we, our marriage is strengthened. Um, mm. And then as I move on to motherhood, the purpose also changes as well, right? Um, then more business opportunities and ministry opportunities came along and then the, the purpose evolved, right? So you're constantly growing in that. Um, maybe to make it a little bit clearer between, you know, what is a job, what's a calling, what is a passion and, you know, and finally, what are your giftings? I think, um, I think we owe it to ourselves to find clarity in life. Mm. Uh, you see, there are many people who kind of drift through life and then they don't find a place or they don't find a season to kind of like question themselves to do like deep thinking right yeah. and when when you don't make time for deep thinking and almost like reflection right your life um there is no clarity in life right and when there's no clarity what does the bible say uh, without vision people perish right and so we owe it to ourselves to find clarity but as christians really i think we owe it to ourselves and we also owe it to god because we are made uh, for his purpose and by mm. his, by purpose and for his purpose right um, it is written all over the 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 bible that we were created for him, right? So we owe it to ourselves and we owe it to him to find clarity in, in life. Um, so again, going back to what's a job, right? 
I think it's it's plain. Uh, let's not make it complex. A job is a job. Uh, a job pays you. It's your vocation. Um, and so many of us, our parents put us through school. We may or may not have a chance to kind of choose what uh, degree we want to have, right? But at the end of the day, a vocation pays you and a vocation actually sustains you, right? Financially mm. and economically. Uh, it allows you to do all the other things, uh, without which, right, without money, you will not be able to do. So that's very simple. Um, a job is a job, right? Um, then what is your calling? I feel like this word calling, again, is a, a, a sometimes like overemphasized or over, uh, uh, over-complexed, if, mm. if there's a word for it, right? Uh, but really, a calling is an expression of your identity and your values, what do I mean by that? Uh, you will only know your calling in life uh, when you truly know who you are and who created you to be. That's why uh, Balik Balik also, I will, I will ask people like, do you actually know who you are? Mm-hmm. What is your identity, right? And as a Christian, I uh, we need to have our identity rooted in Christ. Amen. What does, who you know, who does God say I am and who, um, and, and how has he created me and what, does he say of my life? My identity needs to be deeply rooted in that. And then the values, right? What kind of values do we want to exude, right? Is it uh, values of uh, kindness, of love, of um, of happiness, of peace, right? Of uh, significance, of whatever it is. What are the values that hold dear to you? Is it of integrity and character, right? Uh, and so your calling is an expression of both your identity as well as your values. And then we move on to passions. Um, I think many of us have a lot of interests, right? But uh, interests may come and go, right? But passions really kind of just resonate with you and it kind of sticks with you throughout. Uh, Again, it may change in terms of the intensity of those passions, but, uh, but, when you have identified what your passions are, uh, you will be naturally very drawn to it. I love writing. And uh, it started off with journal writing from uh, when I was a very, uh, you know, from when I was a teenager, I started writing. And I knew that it was uh, both a gifting as well as a passion. I, I love kind of expressing myself in words and descriptions and text and everything else. Um, and as I moved on in life, I realized that it didn't really change, right? My passions are still writing, but uh, the outputs of it changes, right? So where I express myself, whether it's through a blog, is it an article, is it a podcast, is it a book, um, what is it, right? So that changes. So finding out what you're naturally just drawn towards and what your passions are is also very important towards finding your purpose in life. And then finally, your giftings. Um, your giftings are your talents and your skills, right? Uh, mm. And and um, it's it's quite funny to say that sometimes people don't even know what their giftings are. Um, whilst it's not a bad thing, I think if, if you don't know what your giftings are or if you happen to be in a space where you say, gosh, I don't think I know what I'm good at. Um, I, I really don't know. I don't think I'm good at any, anything. Um, what I would say to you is, why don't you ask the people closest to you, right? Uh, mm. What do you think I'm good at? 
Because sometimes what we are good at or what we are naturally good at, we don't see because it comes so naturally, right? That yeah. it's like, it's not easy for us to do, but other people would be, for example, like, like you, Deb, it may be super easy for you just to speak in front of a mic, right? And like, you don't have any, no, no issues with it whatsoever. The words just kind of flow. Um, and But maybe for other people, it would take like, many many hours of just prepping and just you know uh, mentally just preparing for it before you can stand in front of a mic and speak right so Mm -hmm. so if you don't know what you're good at or if you have no clue or you want a confirmation of what you're good at and what your giftings are start asking the people around you name me two things that you think I am good at there are no giftings that are more important than than the other I feel that like people need to give value to all kinds of giftings because all of them Absolutely. have value yeah so and when everybody brings in their giftings right that's when the magic happens right when there's that's where the unique giftings of everybody in the team if you're working in a team and you can identify those giftings that's when magic happens when everybody brings together their giftings so in short what is your purpose in life right I think it's it's about marrying all of this three things that I've, I've uh, spoken about your calling your expression and your identity right and then your passions what are you drawn towards what are your interest areas and finally your giftings what are you naturally good at and when you marry all three of them together it almost comes to a um, a center point where you you start finding out okay this this is my this is my purpose uh, sphere and this is where I should start working and growing in it yeah Wow, that is so good. I think one of the key words that I'm hearing is that uh, none of this is really a destination. It's really something you grow into. It's not something you find one day and then like, that's it. I found it. I've, I've received my aha moment for my life and this is what I'm going to do um, until I grow old or something like that. It is, um, I think... Um, as what you said, our calling is um, an expression of our identity and our values. And as we grow, um, the more we experience life, I think we develop some more values as well as we go through different stages. And our skill set as we grow, our skill sets grow as well. And as we experience life, we also find out different passions. So what I'm hearing from you is the importance of... uh, stopping and doing reflection of what uh, what uh, what is important to you or what what passion you actually have and I think you brought up a very um, I think it's quite a common thing that Asians experience I think where they they don't know what their gifting are but I think partly is that they don't they don't dare to acknowledge it because they feel like oh maybe I'm 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 over proud or something. Maybe I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm overthinking this. And I mean, I'll be the first to admit that I was one of those people. For a long time, I'm like, I don't know what I'm good at. And people around me are like, are you silly? What are you doing? You know? <laughs> but yeah, I, I think what really helped as what you said is to gather the courage to ask the people around you, like, what are the gifts, gift things you see in me? And that's when um, I think... You, you get a seat, something to work with. As what you said, um, because you still have to grow into it, right? It's not like you have it means you have it. Very few people have that, I think. And, you know, um, as, we, as you have just mentioned, that uh, this is something that is really important for us to start asking ourselves uh, when we're young. But I think the reality is, right, um, many of us 
um, maybe we grew up not having the luxury of um, having opportunities to explore our passion or perhaps we have not um, taken steps to discover it. And so sometimes, you know, I think there are many people when they finish university um, and maybe they even start working, but they just feel like, hmm, I really don't know what I'm passionate about. I'm just living, getting by day by day. And um, so from your experience, right, what are some ways that we can figure out our passion, even let's say if I want to start today? Right, definitely. I think... um... You know, with the internet, uh, you can literally just Google everything and anything up, right? Yeah. Um, and it's it's both a blessing as well as a curse if you use it wrongly and you get like too distracted, right? Uh, but I feel like it's it's more of an opportunity that we really have uh, almost everything at our fingertips. Um, so I would say this, like we don't have any excuse to say that you uh, you can't discover your passions because mm. it is right there, right? And there is also no excuse to say, uh, I don't know about a certain topic because everything mm. is is Googleable, right? Yeah. So what I, what, what I would say to you is like, check out even sites like Skillshare or uh, Coursera or, you know, other online uh, e-learning online platforms and find out um, a course that you can take, right? It's about exploring and expanding your horizon to just try and test everything, right? Uh, mm. Before you come to a certain something, because I think your interests and your passions can be quite diverse in a sense, like it doesn't need to be only fixated on one certain thing, for example, like, oh, if it's writing, then, you know, all my passions have to be, uh, you know, uh, around writing and, yeah. you know, those kind of stuff. It can be very diverse because I think all of us are very unique, right, in that way. Yeah. That's one. Um, two is to, uh, to actually... Uh, try interning or volunteering in different uh, organizations that you feel mm. may be of interest to you. So um, I'll give you an example. Like, for example, if you are like an animal lover, right? And uh, you know that you, you know, you have pets and you, and you really, really love kind of like wildlife and animals or whatever, then take the time to kind of volunteer in a, perhaps maybe a SPCA or other NGOs that, um, that have to deal with like, you know, animal welfare, right? And grow mm. that passion. Um, what will happen is that as you expand and you explore, you'll find out two things, right? You may not nail down on like, okay, this is my passion point And like, I love this kind of thing. Uh, you may or you may not, right? But at least even if you don't, you will know what you don't like. Yeah. And from what you don't like, then you'll be able to craft out slowly what you eventually kind of like. You understand mm. what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah? So it's, it's not always like, oh, I, I know I, I love this. I know that I'm drawn to this interest. Sometimes that question is just maybe too difficult to answer, right? You just don't have a clue. But it, the starting point could be, I don't like this, right? Uh, yeah. I, I, you know, after uh, volunteering at an animal welfare center, actually, I, I just, I love my pets, lah, but I don't think I want to do more than that, right? Mm-hmm. So it could be something else, right? Related to animal welfare, but maybe not volunteering. It could be maybe more admin work within a welfare organization or something like that, yeah. Wow, that is so good. I think um, the keyword is don't just think about it, like 
take a courageous step to test it out. And even if you don't like it, at least you know you don't like it. You know, rather than sitting there and wondering, maybe, 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 right? Is to just take Absolutely. the courageous step to just test it out. And it's okay, you know, if it's if it's you find out that you don't like it, then it's just something else. And we got our whole lives to sort of discover it, right? Yeah, and I think uh, what I would just like to add to that mm -hmm. is that um, it's not wrong to not like something, right? Mm, it's, yeah. it's actually better for you to have an opinion about something than not to have any opinion at all and to kind of like shy away and say, I didn't try it because I think I don't like it, but have you actually tried it, right? So mm. it's not wrong to have an opinion about something and it's not wrong to have a, uh, a, a say that, I, I maybe I dislike this this thing for uh, during this period of my time. Maybe I can come back and try it again. But at least you have an opinion and you know where you stand. Yeah, mm, that is absolutely true. It's better to just have to just know lah. To just have the knowledge of where your stand on it is. Mm. Yeah. All right. So um, now we can move on to the next uh, question. So from the survey that I conducted. There are 37% of people uh, who are either considering to change their job or that they kind of want to, but they're just scared to do so. So with that, right, what are some tips to help us decide whether to go for it or not? Changing jobs. Uh, okay, well, maybe if I could just... Um share my experience um, mm. I didn't just land uh, land on this you know uh, this current role as the co-founder of Wiki Impact just like that um, obviously it has taken a lot of transitions a lot of trial and error a lot of testing right to to be where I am I think everybody goes through that right mm. uh, as a fresh graduate how actually how many of us uh, are working in the same line as we studied I'm, I'm not sure right uh, I think majority of people may dabble with like different things and um, in the you know 21st century with the uh, advent of the fourth industrial revolution I think a lot of us are also doing a lot of side hustles right yeah. so we're doing a lot of things that are not just on a full-time job or full-time basis but we're also dabbling with different things my advice or uh uh, to you is uh, number one um, don't be afraid of change uh, and I, I say this also as a reminder to myself as well because I think many times we hold on to our full-time jobs and um, feel that that's a sense of security that if I leave mm. it then you know what happens right uh, I may not be able to get back the same job or like you know the same benefits or whatever I think it's great to think it through and you should right yeah uh, especially if it uh if it involves financial commitments where you have to pay off loans and stuff like that definitely think about it but what I'm saying is that um I think it's okay if let's say if you're tied down to a job because of you know financial commitments and you know that you know it uh you you have to stick to it right what i'll say is you make time for the exploration of other vocations or other interests uh mm. the word here is make time right do you really want it like do you really actually want to find out what you are passionate about or what you feel strongly about and if you do you will make time for it of what is important to you, right? Yeah. So, um, so do that, right? Uh, commit yourself fully to a full-time job, um, but at the same time, find avenues where you can kind of, 
you know, dabble with different skill sets or like, you know, different, meet different people, connect with different groups and things like that. Um, to your question about, uh, let's say if you're financially okay and you, and you want to kind of move careers and shift careers, I think there are a few questions that you really should ask yourself, right? Um, ask yourself, what kind of impact do you want to make, right? So if this job is not right for you or you feel that it's not the right fit for you, why is it not the right fit? Is it because your, your gifts and your talents are not being utilized um, and you feel that you can give a lot more? So then what is the a lot more that you can give, right? Mm -hmm. Identify it and list them down. Number two is what do you feel, which areas or like, you know, which sectors or which um, uh, communities or industries do you think you can give back most to? It could be, you know, if you're a doctor, it could be the medical line, yeah. uh, but maybe in a different kind of, you know, di different uh, way, right? Um, it could be in a clinic or, you know, in a hospital or whatever, like that. There, there are different kind of like channels for you to give back, right? Um ask yourself like where do you actually want to contribute back to right I think that's that's very very important um, and then start searching right start searching for different uh, avenues where you can write to them kind of share like you know I, I would like to contribute my time or you know if there is a job position that is available try it out right you wouldn't mm -hmm. know um, so my personal story was this, like I, I actually graduated with a uh, Bachelor of Comms uh, and majoring in Journalism and Cultural Studies. Mm. I knew for sure that I wanted to write. Uh, that was definitely something that I, you know, wanted to do from even a young age and I wanted to make it a career. But I was also very sure that I do not want to go into the media line, which is the uh, mainstream oh, media, newspapers and all. Yeah, I knew it from, from a very start because, mm. uh, because of some observations of uh, friends who were in mainstream media and they um, just looking at their lives. I knew that that was not the life that I wanted to live. Uh, you know, going back to the office at 3 a.m. just to churn out a, an article. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's for some people, but I knew it wasn't for me, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, so I knew for sure that, that it was something that I don't want to do, but I still want to write. Um, and I was passionate about building people, right? Like uh, mm -hmm. building them in, in terms of like either soft skills or building them in character uh, and, and so forth or leadership skills or whatever. So my first job was actually with a soft skills consultancy. And, um, and I worked there for about two years, uh, found great fulfillment in it. But then I, uh, as I moved along, um, I also changed a few jobs for various reasons. It was, you know, a, a career kind of advancement kind of thing. Right. Um, and then I came to a point where um, I was growing in my career and I was growing as a professional. Uh, in both cons uh, soft skills consultancy, um, but I, I really wanted to find something that gave back to people. Um, not that I wasn't giving back to people. I just felt like, oh, if I could, if I could do something with a larger vision or mm -hmm. be attached to a company with a larger vision, that would be great, right? So it was also a time of transition for me. It's like, okay, um, I, I know kind of like where I want to be um, or what kind of job uh, I, I want to get into, but I... Uh, don't really know which company is the right fit for me, right? And so what I did was, as I was working in that full-time job at that time, I was writing to several NGOs. Um, 
you know, different NGOs, anywhere from World Vision to um, SPCA. Uh, wow. There was like a whole list of them. I was just like, kind of like just e-emailing and e um, kind of, yeah, emailing them and then co-calling them as well. But um, nothing came through until uh, six months later, a social enterprise uh, contacted me, right? And that was my first break into the world of sustainability, right? Um, and, and so my career then took a shift and took a turn. Uh, what I realized was that I, um, I, I kind of thought I would be in the NGO space, but then uh, as I was emailing all these NGOs and, and organizations, right? What I realized that I, uh, was that I didn't know that there was this social enterprise space, right? That was mm. existent at that time. And as I was kind of introduced to the social enterprise uh, space, I realized that, hey, I actually can make a career out of, an, you know, out of um, creating impact for people. So sustainability in short is, is basically um, ensuring that, you know, uh, companies are actually um, responsible in, in all their practices, their operations, mm-hmm. environmentally responsible, socially, socially responsible, uh, and so forth, right? And so I was thrown into this space and I kind of like grew in that career. Long story short, I think what I really want to get at with this question is um, take that leap of faith and try it out, right? Try writing to people, try connecting to people, connecting with people from different networks. Uh, you don't know what you'll get out of it. The conversations that you, uh, that you start, you know, kind of snowballing might lead you to a revelation of its own, right? Mm. You may have a thought about what you want or you think you want, right? But as you're talking to different people in different networks um, and in different industries, I think that shape and that form of, uh, of what you desire um, mm. might kind of, yeah, it might change. Um, and it also will bring a lot more clarity uh, to, yeah, to your next steps. Wow. I love hearing how you said right from the very start that your passion is writing, but it doesn't mean that, you know, my passion is writing means I become a writer or I become a copywriter and that's it, you know. It's not just a straight road like that. But as you um, talk to different people, you start to realize uh, how you can match your different passions together to form something that you can make a career out of as well. It reminds me of like um, the Pixar movie Soul as well, uh, where the guy, um, he's passionate about piano. And, you know, he, he... so. The first thing that comes to his mind is, oh, I, I need to be uh, a professional pianist, you know, and if I can just play on that stage and I'll, I'll be so happy, I would have made it. But uh, through the process of him discovering that, uh, we learned that, hey, he's actually a pretty good teacher and students actually enjoy learning so much from him. And when he, um, I think at, towards the end of the movie, we recognize that, hey, um, he can match his passion for um, piano and his gift to be able to teach. And he found that I think maybe my, uh, where I need to be right now is to be with students. And I can use both. Um, I can use my gift of uh, teaching as well as my love for playing the piano. And yeah, I, it's just really great to know that it's not one plus one equals two, that's it. It is something that you gradually learn as the keyword here is take a leap of faith and just talk and expose yourself to different people as well. So yeah, thank you for those great tips, Deborah. 
And so um, now I'm also wondering, right, um, as we come to our final question, there are some people who they know what their passion are and but they chose to stay in their industry or their current uh, career choice because the, the truth for them is that their passion doesn't pay well because as you have said earlier you know we have debts to pay so we have to have a job that pays so uh, for those people who are, are staying in their current job that pays but they just feel really unfulfilled um because they could not choose passion due to their financial constraint, uh, what would be your advice to them? Yeah, um, I, I would say, you know, the, the fulfillment of your job and your life uh, does not come just with finding your passion and having your passion pay your bills. Because in reality, not many people will have their passions as well as their vocational jobs kind of align and, and be able to pay the bills and lead a certain lifestyle, right? The, mm. the reality of it is that not many people will, will reach that point, right? You are super blessed if you are in that space and uh, it really is a gift to you. But most people will have a job, a vocation, right? That pays the bills. And then dabble with other stuff outside of your work. But your commitment is to your employer uh, or if you're running a business or whatever, right? Uh, that, that commitment has to stay true. Um, yeah. uh, just so that you can, you know, you'll be able to feed your family and, and so on and so forth, right? Uh, but what I'll say to you is this, that um, begin, to start, uh, begin to find meaning in your day-to-day job. Uh, your nine to five job, right? So if you are, um, I mean, if let's say if you're an insurance agent, right? And you absolutely just dread uh, waking up every morning, calling your clients, finding new clients, meeting your quotas, right? Yeah. Then ask yourself, why are you doing what you're doing? Is it because uh, it's just a job that pays you well? Um, if, if it is, can you do something else that will be able to pay you the same amount, but you will like a lot better than what you dislike now, right? Mm. Um, and the second thing is this, if, uh, if you really dislike it, change your perspective uh, about it, right? Mm. So what, what is it that you don't like uh, that is perhaps maybe kind of dragging your feet uh, along? As you wake up in the morning, what's dragging your feet? Is it because maybe your personality is not about reaching quotas, right? Maybe your personality is really more of like uh, connecting with people and stuff like that. And, and when there is a quota that is given to you, then you feel very pressured uh, about it, right? Um, so identifying those things. And then, um, yeah, the second thing is maybe having a talk with your boss about it, right? Um, and is there a way to kind of change up your job scope um, and things like that? And then finally is finding that meaning as maybe an insurance agent, right? What's that, what's that deeper meaning uh, behind your nine to five job? Is it just so that people will be able to pay for their insurance every month so that you get a cut from it and then it pays for your bills? Or really is it about 
giving protection to families so that they don't mm. end up in debt. Um, and and for me, that's like incredibly meaningful, right? Yeah. If you're if you're an insurance agent and you're doing that and you're providing protection as well as financial um, financial safety nets for people, I think that's incredibly meaningful. Yeah. So I think it is about finding out the deeper meaning between behind your nine to five kind of grind, um, and when you find that deeper meaning which is your why I think it will give you greater fulfillment and greater joy in what you're doing uh, whatever it may be right uh, mm. whether it, it is a uh, front-facing job or you know a customer-facing job or maybe you're working behind the scenes whatever it may be there's always meaning in your work yeah that is wonderful and I think you brought up a very important point that it's really just a matter of perspective because um, every job, wherever you're at, whichever industry you're in, you're a solution provider. You are providing a solution to a problem. And there is meaning in that. You are, at the end of the day, helping someone with something. And if we could just uh, take a moment to appreciate what our the solution that we can bring to people, even within our job. And uh, as what you said, uh, identify what is dragging your feet and see what you can do about that. Like maybe maybe switching job may not be the best option, but if you can identify the little thing that is probably annoying you, then maybe you could change just that. And maybe it will feel a lot lighter wherever we are, right? Wow. So that is a really, really great practical advice. Thank you so much, Deborah, uh, for sharing so candidly about passion, about purpose um, as we navigate through our quarter life struggles. And I hope that you as a listener have gotten uh, more direction or even more assurance of the next step that you need to take. Uh, but guess what? We are not done with this topic. So come back in two weeks for part two of Navigating Quarter Life Crisis, where we will talk about transition and the big word, knowing God's will. So with that, remember everyone uh, that you have a pocket of wisdom to offer and um, take care and I'll see you very soon. Bye!